Chronic illness can be an all-consuming experience. I have suffered with chronic illness for over 20 years, and there is no doubt managing a chronic condition can be a full-time job with no perks or time off. It affects every facet of your life, but you are not alone. Join me as we hear real stories of people living with pain and illness, their challenges, their victories, and the treatments and coping strategies they use to get through the day. I am not my pain, and neither are you. Welcome back to I Am Not My Pain podcast. The more I learn about rare diseases, the more I understand the immense struggle to not only get the proper diagnosis, but the difficulties accessing the appropriate care. Additionally, the majority of us, me included, have no clue what their condition even is or the symptoms they manage. And as we know, from ignorance can come judgmental behavior. However, this is why I love this podcast, because we can shine a light, learn, and hopefully destigmatize these conditions. Today, we are delving into a rare and chronic condition of Cushing's disease. Cushing's disease is a specific form of Cushing's syndrome and occurs when a benign tumor in the pituitary gland causes the pituitary gland to produce too much ACTH, the hormone responsible for cortisol production. Like many rare conditions, Cushing's disease is difficult to diagnose because many of the symptoms can mimic other conditions, and elevated cortisol levels happen in cycles. Cushing's disease only affects 10 to 15 people per million every year. It is more common in women and occurs most often in people between the ages of 20 and 50. Symptoms include unusual rapid weight gain, muscle weakness, high blood pressure, depression, headaches, and so much more. To discuss more on Cushing's disease is my chronic illness warrior for today, Jewel Dukes. Jewel was diagnosed with Cushing's disease in 2021 and had pituitary surgery in October of 2021, causing her to become adrenally insufficient. Her life has been greatly impacted with two adrenal crises, several ER visits, and other health complications such as lymphedema, arthritis, sickle cell trait, and spinal stenosis. Jewel shares her health journey through social media and various podcasts to raise awareness on Cushing's disease and all the facets of living with the condition. Jewel, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Could you share a little more of your story and the symptoms you currently manage, especially from Cushing's disease? Like you stated, my journey started in 2021. Um, That's when I was officially diagnosed with Cushing's disease. Currently, I um, am, like you said, I am in remission from Cushing's disease. So that leaves me adrenally insufficient. So I do take um, corticosteroids on the daily basis. So the symptoms that I currently manage are brain fog, tiredness. I still have a lot of my weight gain. I have not lost a lot of the weight that I gained with active Cushing's. And I still deal with, you know, having to prevent myself from going into adrenal crisis because that can happen at any moment. Cortisol, it fluctuates throughout the day. So whereas a person who does not make cortisol, I have to feed myself that. So if something happens, whereas I get excited or whether that be good or bad, um, exercising, all of that eating 
all of that, you know, increases your cortisol throughout the day. So I have to be mindful as to how much I take because it's not a one size fits all kind of disease. Every person takes a different amount of steroids. Everybody, every person's body requires a different amount of steroids. And especially if you're in pain, that causes you to require more steroids. So managing symptoms from being adrenal insufficient is tough. And you just have to make sure that you're in sync with your body every day at every moment. Yeah, which is not easy to do. It is not. I am lucky because I have my husband and he watches me daily, you know, to make sure that I'm okay. And sometimes I don't even realize that I'm not okay. He does a great job of making sure that I'm aware when I need to take extra steroids or when I'm not feeling well. Yeah, I bet you do need that extra person. So I I mean, I even did or do still with my chronic illness because sometimes I push when I shouldn't and, you know, my loved ones can see that, but only they really can see that. You know, I can hide it from most people, but they know. They know they see it in the face and they're like, okay, you've hit a wall and you need to go sit down. But yeah. You need those people in your life, but it sounds really complex. And I know finding a correct diagnosis, especially for something that is so rare and has so many symptoms that mimic so many other conditions has to be incredibly hard. Can you kind of share a little bit of how you were diagnosed that whole journey to get diagnosed? What I thought was the original onset of my symptoms happened at the beginning of the pandemic. So it's like, All of this happened at once. My first symptom that I thought was I had too many strokes. And they could not figure out why. They they did brain scans. They did every possible thing. I was in the hospital for almost a week with them trying to figure out why this 36-year-old lady is having many strokes. That was the onset of what I thought were my symptoms. When they couldn't find out anything, I decided, okay, well, I'll try the holistic route. Mm. So I started eating healthy. I went vegetarian. I started exercising every day. I bought me a Peloton, just went all in. That made it worse with the cortisol levels with your exercising. It It just hit me when you said that. I thought, oh no, that probably made things even worse. Exactly. But me looking at it, you know, they always tell us to, you know, eat healthy and exercise. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. And my friends would be like, you know, exercise give you energy. And I'm like, no, it doesn't give me energy. I am tired. Like I am tired every day after working out. I'm like tired all day. So eventually, you know, I started picking up weight. And of course, I had people like, oh, well, well, the doctors, you're not eating healthy and you're not exercising. I'm like, I'm doing these things every single day. I only eat vegetables (laughs) and fruit. What else could I possibly do? Right. So once I started picking up weight, then it was, well, you're gaining muscle. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm doing cardio. Like I'm not doing anything to gain muscle. What is wrong? So after a year and a half of going through this, my gynecologist, great man, actually told me, he's like, 
I don't know why they're telling you this. Like, it doesn't matter. At this point, I had gained about 100 pounds. And he's like, it doesn't matter how much you eat. You should not be gaining that much weight this rapidly. So he told me to go see an endocrinologist, to see an endocrinologist. And the first thing she did was offered me weight loss pills. Oh, my gosh. So I'm like, no, I don't want weight loss pills. I want you to find out what's wrong with me. So she's like, well, we'll run this test. It's called a dexamethasone suppression test. That is one of the tests they do to diagnose Cushing's disease. So when the test results came back, she called me and asked me, well, did you take the pill? And I'm like, well, you test the amount of the drug that's in my system when you when you uh, test the cortisol level. So you know that I took the pill. So my level should have been 1.8 or below. My level was a 16.9. so yes very high at that point she was like well we'll do a MRI and see if you have a tumor so we did the MRI I did have a tumor and she calls me and says well it's nothing we have to operate on so we'll just hold out and wait and watch it so I was like no this is not correct I had already done my research on you know what it is that needed to be done to fix this situation. So I took all my information and I went to another endocrinologist and that was August, 2021. She diagnosed me in October. I was having brain surgery. But looking back, um, after I had my son in 2016, I went through a very bad bout of depression. And I could not figure out why I was depressed. I would tell my husband, I'm like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I contemplated suicide at one point. Like the cortisol racing through my system just caused so much anxiety and so much depression. And I couldn't figure out how to shake it off. And I'm sure they said it was postpartum. Exactly. And I'm like, no, I'm... I had been working to have this child for five years. Like, this is my baby. I wanted this baby. I was excited about this baby, but I couldn't be because I was just so depressed. And I just kept having stuff going wrong with my body, um, one thing or another. And so looking back, I had been dealing with symptoms of Cushing's disease for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure a lot of people, when I was reading on Cushing's, you know, they said it can mimic two diabetes. There are a lot of people that, you know, get misdiagnosed with diabetes when it's actually Cushing's disease or even, you know, Cushing's syndrome, which I could see that happening a lot, a lot with doctors. And they always tend to go to that. I mean, even, even when I went to the doctor uh, for headaches, it was lose weight, uh, work out more. And I was like, well, I've never had headaches ever before. So, I mean, it's just, it's like a go-to for most doctors, but amazing that you knew enough of your own body and that own confidence to go to someone else. Cause a lot of people don't, they don't have that confidence. They say, oh, you're the doctor. You're the smart one. I- I'm going to trust what you say, even though inside my body, I don't feel right. Right. That's what's so sad. It's, I had a lot of people call me a hypochondriac. 
because I'm like, something is wrong, but all the blood tests come back normal. You know, all the normal blood tests that they run, they come back normal. And it's like, well, you're fine. I'm like, no, I'm not fine. Something's wrong. That's why I tell my story because I want people to understand like you don't have to go to a doctor just because they're the doctor. You, you've you been living with your body for, I've been living with my body for 36 years. So I know when something isn't right or something needs to happen. And so I don't want people to just settle because they feel like they're the doctor and they know everything. And that's not always true. Mm-mm. No, it isn't. And I mean, what would you recommend? Kind of leads me to my next question, honestly. What would you recommend others how to talk about if they possibly have Cushing's? You know, how do they approach it with doctors? I mean, what would you recommend for that? Because that's difficult because I know we have Google and Dr. Google. And sometimes we do get a little carried away with our Googling. At the same time, though, I have to say it has been an incredible asset in my health. And as long as you take it with, you know, you look at reputable sources and you, you know, really try to do your homework, but still, but what would you recommend to someone who thinks, you know, these symptoms are kind of fitting what I'm, what's going on in my body? You know, how do I talk to my doctor about it? X for continuous testing. Mm-hmm. No one test can rule out or even diagnose Cushing's. So ask for continuous testing. It doesn't hurt for them to run a test. Blood work or urine samples, uh, 24-hour urine, 8 a.m. blood draw, um, saliva testing, dexamethasone suppression testing. Those are surefire ways to diagnose Cushing. And a lot of people are cyclical, which means they're cortisol levels rise and fall. So they may be high one day and low the next or normal. So push for continuous testing. If one doctor won't do it, find a doctor that will. I made a post a day or two ago that you're allowed to fire your doctor. They work for you and you're allowed to ask them questions. A lot of doctors I found don't like to be questioned. So you're allowed to ask them questions. That's their job. That's what they're there for. They're there to make your life easier, to make you healthier. Mm -hmm. So push for continuous testing. If one doctor won't do it, find a doctor that will. Don't give up. It can be very discouraging, for sure. And, of course, it costs a lot to go to these specialists and find specialists that are, first of all, in your network if you do have insurance. And then if you do add a network, it's crazy as well. But it's, you. unfortunately, your health is what we've learned as chronically ill people is your health is the most important thing you have. And it's worth every penny to find the doctor that can give you a little bit better <laughs> and some options yeah. and some answers just so you don't feel like you're nuts. So, cause that's the hardest part too, is feeling like you're crazy. Like you, you're like, no, something is wrong, but they don't think so. Am I making this up? Like what's going on inside? You know, am I 
not all right in there, and you doubt it, and you doubt yourself a lot in that process of finding what is going on. And that's a horrible feeling. It is, because it's like, nobody believes me. Am I crazy? Am I losing my mind? It's, it makes you question yourself. But Cushing can be a very fatal disease. And when people die with undiagnosed Cushing's, they don't get diagnosed as Cushing's. They get diagnosed as high blood pressure or mm-hmm. diabetes, or they had kidney disease from untreated diabetes. So that unless you've been diagnosed with Cushing's, you don't die from Cushing's. You die from all of the symptoms that occur surrounding Cushing's. When you wonder too how good the numbers are on the actual diagnosis of Cushing's because so many people go undiagnosed or misdiagnosed. So you wonder how how rare really, I mean, it's, is it that, I mean, it's rare, but is it that rare? Exactly. Because I'm sure there are way more people with all of these diseases, all of these rare diseases that they can't identify. Yeah. And it may come off as rare, but in, in actuality, these symptoms just mimic other things and you don't get a diagnosis. So like with Cushing's, you can treat your high blood pressure, you can treat your diabetes, but it is not going to go away. It is not going to get better because the underlying cause of those things is still there. There's a lot of comorbidities with a lot of diseases, but especially with Cushing's. So what are some of the comorbidities with Cushing's disease and do you have any of them? Yes. So type 2 diabetes is a big one. And I do have type 2 diabetes. I take Ozempic to help regulate my A1C, and it works amazing. Until everyone uses it for a diet drug. <laughs> exactly. Now, I will say it has helped me lose a little bit of weight, but it's not coming off like a, you know, a normal person would lose weight. Yeah. So it's only like a pound here, a pound there. But it does help my A1C tremendously. I've gone from an 8.6 to a 5.7 over the course of about eight months. That's great. So it has brought my A1C down. I do have high blood pressure. Um, Now it is being controlled with medication. But prior to my Cushing's diagnosis, they couldn't get my blood pressure under control. Wow. So it it didn't matter how many medications they put me on. My blood pressure was just always high. Weight gain, of course, I I went from 180 to 287. And since my surgery, I'm now at 264. Those are all of the comorbidities I deal with that are from Cushing's. I also suffer from lipedema, which is a buildup of adipose fat. It causes your like legs to be large and your arms to be large. And it's fat that's not able to be controlled by diet and exercise. So like for me, I only have it in my upper arms and in my upper legs. So my legs 
the top of my legs look completely different from the bottom of my legs. It all, it's almost like they cut and pasted two different people's legs <laughs> onto my body. Right. So there we go. Right. There you have it. Go about your business. So it's very painful. Um, I deal with nodules in my legs and in my arms. So you can feel little lumps. And it's a horrible, horrible disease because, again, it's misdiagnosed as obesity. Yes. When judged that way as well by society and doctors. So that adds to the suffering in a sense because you have to deal with all those judgments and on top of everything else, something that you can actually control. And the only way to get rid of the lipedema fat is through liposuction. But there are only certain doctors who are qualified to do lipedema liposuction. So then you have to find a doctor in your state, if you can find one, if there is one. Mm -hmm. A lot of people go overseas. A lot of people have to travel across the country and it costly. I bet. It's very expensive to have this surgery and most insurance don't cover it. It's not, I mean, sadly not shocking, but sad. That's crazy. And I know there's a lot more comorbidities out there for Cushing's disease other than what you suffer with as well. The chronically ill community can understand we can all have the same thing, but deal with it differently and have different symptoms from the exact same disease. So, but it's just interesting to, to learn about it. And what are the best, I mean, other than surgery, obviously for your condition, because that was number one is getting the tumor off your pituitary gland. Uh, What other treatment options are really, you know, helpful for you for managing all these comorbidities that you now have to manage? Sadly, this is all the time we have for today. Please join me next week as Jewel shares the best treatment options for her, suggestions for people who are recently diagnosed with Cushing's disease, and what she wishes others to understand about living with Cushing's as well as other rare conditions. To learn more about Jewel Dukes, you can go to her social media on Instagram at the Limpedema Cushy and at Jewel Dukes on Facebook. Lastly, Jewel will go into this organization in the next episode, but if you wish to share your experience with a rare condition with a medical student, go check out the Rare Compassion Program by Global Genes. The interest form is now available for 2024. I will include Jewel's social media handles and a link to Global Genes in the episode description. Thank you again so much for coming on the show, Jewel, and a big thank you to all my listeners for tuning in today, and I hope you tune in next week. And as always, remember, you are not alone, and you are not your pain. Like the show? Please subscribe and leave a review. Or to learn more about the show or how to become a guest, simply visit our website, at www.iamnotmypainpodcast.org. That is iamnotmypainpodcast.org. Your story matters. We look forward to hearing from you. Hi, 
This is Keith. I am a martial arts therapist at the Hero Circle, a global healing and wellness initiative inspired by the children of kids kicking cancer. Would you like to discover the power of your breath while fueling the purpose of thousands of sick children across the globe? Simply check out our free adult meditation catalog at herocircle.org forward slash meditations. To learn more about our program and our inspirational little heroes, visit our website at herocircle.org. From all of us at the Hero Circle, we wish you a wonderful day. Power, peace, purpose.